0: Reel on Reels, episode 13, Arrival, Invasion of the Nonlinear linear Monolithic Heptapods.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to Reel on Reels. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our epic high noon shootout deathmatch. Pa-chow. Ting. <laughs> Click. <laughs> Yeah, all of that. Um, <laughs> today we are doing something completely different, or this yeah. week we're doing something completely different. I should say, um, we're doing a much newer film from 2016 called Arrival, yes. not to be confused with the Arrival from 20 years earlier mm. starring Charlie Sheen. Um, I don't think I've. I don't even. Know, I don't think I
0: know about that movie.
1: <laughs> well, you do now.
0: No, all I know is it has Charlie Sheen in it. <laughs> So I can't say that I know that movie.
1: Yeah, it's, I've, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but it's not bad. Okay. Uh, by the way, I'm Jeremiah. And I'm Rob. And uh, we're going to be also trying something different with our scoring system. Would you like to explain to the folks, Rob?
0: Yeah, we're going to be more doing. scientific with this stuff. We, uh, we're we going to be more real or realer, if you will.
1: <laughs> um, we're all about being real here.
0: Yeah, so basically we're inspired by our death match. Episode, we're going to be splitting all the movies that we discuss into categories, and we're going to be rating them on those individual levels. And we have already gone ahead and averaged those ratings. Um, and
1: we will each have our own average.
0: Yep, we we'll each have our own individual score, and then um, and we will then average our scores, and that will be the real score. You know, you have your IMDb scores, you have your Metacritic scores, you have your your Rotten Tomato scores. This is the real score, people. The only one that matters.
1: This is uh, this is realer. Yep. Than the, all the others.
0: Yep. Spelt both ways.
1: Bo- both spellings are acceptable. So. Yep. Don't worry about that.
0: And. Um, yeah, and our scores are gonna be. We're just gonna let the decimals roll. <laughs> because. if We have the more. We
1: have- yeah, if we have repeating decimals into infinity, that's part of the score. That's yeah, just how and, it goes. We might have five decimal <laughs> spoiler, places. Spoiler
0: alert. Our first one might actually be a repeating <laughs> score. But um, we are doing this because it's more accurate. It's realer. So do uh, you want to go over the, what the categories are?
1: Yeah, we're going to go over acting, direction, mm-hmm. cinematography, music, screenplay, Set design slash art direction. Yep. Post-production slash effects. hmm Editing. Yep. And then we're going to have something fun that we call the real factor.
0: Yeah. And the real factor. <laughs> if we factor... haven't said real enough times <laughs> right, yet. Right. Real factor. The real factor is just kind of our subjective overall feelings about the movie. It kind of helps us balance out these individual ratings a little bit. Because we might, you know, think that, these individual categories a movie might score really high but if we're not like overall too keen on it if there's something about it that's it's the real factor yeah yeah you gotta be
1: uh, if you get, if you feel keen on it you can give it a oh, keener score keen Catherine Keener <laughs> If you
0: so um, Arrival yes oh Arrival. I mean, afterwards we're gonna be playing a brand new game
1: oh yes 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 of course
0: full of new things this episode um, and we're playing a little game that we like to call "Dirty Rotten Tomatoes." But before that, arrival.
1: Yes. Um. Yeah. So we're you know basically you guys are guinea pigs. So yeah, you have no choice. No. Nope. You just have to have to roll with the punches.
0: Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> right. Like it.
1: But you're used to that feeling by now, I'm sure, with all the crazy stuff we've been trying. So, Rob. Yeah. What is where do you uh, you know, why don't we just go go through some categories here? So,
0: well I think we should talk a little bit we should just probably synopsize the movie a little oh, bit. Oh right, first. of course. Um, get ahead of myself.
1: It wouldn't be an episode <laughs> of Real On Rails. <laughs> oh, oh,
0: no. oh So Arrival <laughs> is a, a science fiction film. Yes. Um by directed by
1: Denis? Villeneuve Denis Vineuve. <laughs> I had to look up a YouTube video just to see how to pronounce that because I had no no clue.
0: And um, it is about aliens coming to Earth in these like huge, egg-like ships. Yeah, they, they, they look sort of like a pebble. Yeah, and they're gargantuan yeah. they're oblong and they're, they're like vertical and um, and they're floating. In the air.
1: There's exactly a dozen of them.
0: Yep, a dozen go, they land all across the world. And there's just, there's, they're putting these ink, people, they go, they're able to go in there. Yeah. They're (laughs) able to go into the ships.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's very, it's, but just, just looking at um, like a bird's eye view of the plot here, like it seems like, it sounds a lot like a a lot of other sci-fi movies. So it is true that we're working with, we're kind of working in familiar territory in terms of you know, the concept it's uh, aliens show up to earth and we got to figure out what to do. It's a independence day type of plot.
0: Day. The earth stood still.
1: Right. Right. Where the worlds, all that good stuff. Um, but this is a very different kind of sci-fi movie. It's about language. Yeah. It's really more about language and communication and, um, determinism. There's a lot of deep.
0: Yeah. And evolution and, Mm -hmm. um, kind of, I don't know. It, it's a it's a, one of those paradoxical, interstellar type sci fi movies where there's a lot of time twisting and, um, timeline twist. Like yeah, timeline twists.
1: Did you bring up an interstellar like because of the actual movie Interstellar? Yeah, because I did detect a little bit of a Christopher Nolan influence. I think.
0: Oh sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely. It, what Interstellar was first, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it came out. I want to say. Oh wow, I should check myself but
0: before um, I wreck myself. But yeah, Interstellar it, it, yeah, it's one of those kind of type of movies where it's it's like a 2001 a space odyssey. It's it's in those kind of it's in that echelon of science fiction films that are heady.
1: Yeah, Interstellar came out in 2014. But oh, yeah, okay. very cerebral. Right. Yeah.
0: I, I I very much consider this a Kubrickian um effort. Hmm. For this yeah, film.
1: yeah, I could see that.
0: Um, I, I think it's up there with 2001: A Space Odyssey. We always bring up 2001: A Space Odyssey. It seems, by the way, um,
1: oh, have we brought it up multiple times?
0: Maybe, we, maybe we def- every episode. We definitely mention Kubrick, that, the big Lebowski, <laughs> <Pretty> but <laughs> that's um, just going to be the ultimate. Kubrick room at forever. At least gets mentioned once an episode. Yeah,
1: Kubrick, Lebowski. We're just going to keep talking about them. <laughs> yeah, but um, never talking about the actual
0: movies. But yeah, this one is just—it's got that, that vibe, that kind of very. Um, deliberate direction and very deliberate uh I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's it's um calm and um textured and there's a lot of it's much more about the the inner monologue I think really of the main character Louise mm. played by Amy Adams in really an incredible performance maybe the best of her career
0: yeah i think she really stands out in this as probably the best performance easily i mean the we'll get to that when we get to acting yeah which i mean we we can
1: we can we can even jump into that now um because yeah i mean it's it it definitely brings to mind, and we wanted to well, talk a little also about Denis Villeneuve's uh, other uh, films. Oh, yeah. But d- what were you going to say?
0: But, yeah, we should probably um, expound on the story a little bit. Sure. Um, Amy Adams plays a linguist um, at a university, right? Yeah. She, she's a professor. Yes. Um, and she um, gets hired by the government to try to... Translate this language that these aliens are showing the government All across the world all the governments have people working on trying to translate this language and she happens to be you know The American one.
1: Yeah, one of the things that adds to the tension in the movie and makes it Reminds you that there that this is also, you know, a large-scale You know type of sci-fi movie even though it doesn't focus on that aspect of it um is that there's these news reports throughout the film about how there's all these riots and there's the other countries are are planning, are, um, uh, preparing for war, right? And it's right. it's getting things are getting crazy as mm-hmm. you would expect to happen. Yeah, when a bunch of sh- alien ships show up.
0: <laughs> yeah, and th- this language that they speak it's a written language, and but it's it's linear.
1: It's non-linear or non-linear. I'm it's sorry, c- circular.
0: Yeah, it's a circular language. It, um it's just it looks like ink blots. It kind of is ink blots. It, yeah. And like the little tendrils they find, they start to discover that all the, like the little tendrils in the ink blots kind of stand for and like different things and these yeah. circles are kind of complete sentences or complete thoughts. Yeah, they um, call
1: they refer to the, the circles as logograms. Yeah. Which by the way, they actually wrote an entire yeah, logogram dictionary of like a hundred different logograms mm-hmm. for this for this movie is very very impressive
0: yeah and the person that designed those her kid um did the uh drawing of oh right the little kid in the movie
1: right yeah um just
0: kind of a little fun fact
1: yeah yeah but yeah it's um so yeah trying to explain the overall <clears throat> plot gets us off in a, little, a lot of little tangents here but yeah because it ba- basically so yeah, so Forrest Whitaker shows up <laughs> to uh, Amy Adams' <laughs> office with his uh, New England accent, yeah. Boston maybe, not exactly sure. Yeah. and um, he is trying to get her to to come work on this uh, project. I mean, every all the all these countries where it touched down. I think you know, uh, Pakistan is one. China, there's Australia. There's a whole bunch of countries that are working on this thing, because what happens is that the alien ship will opens up for a two hour period right um every and then it, it yeah or Is every, it every day it, there, it there's an 18 hour cycle where they can't oh, okay. go in and then there's two hours where they can okay. and it's just, it just keeps repeating that open for two hours close for 18 hours um and so the aliens allow them to come into the ship so that they can try to communicate with them and um that it's they have to get up on like a man lift just to get up in there. Cause it's mm-hmm. kind of off the ground that the ships like touchdown, like at a certain distance right above the ground where right. they know the humans can kind of get up into there. So you can, t- you can tell that there's like kind of a, they have kind of a plan here where it's like, we're going to just let them come in periodically. We're going to get, we're going to set up the atmosphere for them. Mm-hmm. That's why it takes so long and, and getting
0: into the ship. Like as soon as they get off the man lift, they're like, put into yeah I might as, new as well talk about that gravity
1: it's a very very cool scene yeah it's my favorite thing about the movie actually yeah they're
0: trying to figure out how they're going to get in this thing or she is it's like her first time going in she's right. like what 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 is this and yeah it it just changes the entire gravity yeah, yeah. Of what what
1: happened was yeah they the hallway Denis uh villanova had this um uh, I'm just going to say Vilniova. <laughs> it's a little easier. Uh, had this idea for the shape of the ship. He wanted to look to have this like oblong pebble kind of shape. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to look sort of, and it does sort of, it looks sort of like a rock. Like it has almost like a roughness to it. It looks mm. like a real thing that's like been through space. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. And, but anyway, it's. And it's, it's intimidating. Yeah, yeah. It's scary. It's so it, big. Yeah. Yeah. It's like so like overwhelming. You see that and you're just like, you get this heavy feeling. Yeah, um, just like holy.
1: <laughs> it makes me wonder how many of those aliens are actually on the ship. Right. We only right. see we only ever see two of them, which right. they nickname Abba de Castella. Yeah. But anyway, uh, but he was trying he was trying to figure out how are we going to have them go up into these ships and have there be gravity when it's like this oblong shape. And the the solution was, oh, we'll have gravity go sideways mm-hmm. when they go in the ship, and it's very cool when they go mm-hmm. in, they jump out of the they jump up out of the man lift. Yep. And it, the gravity pulls them to the side. It's like it's like if you were to jump. Um, if you, it's like you were if you were facing a wall and you jump up, and then the wall attracts Becomes you, and then you become your feet are now on the floor, or your feet are now on the wall, and that's your floor. Like right, it, right. It's such a mind bending scene. Yeah. But anyway, so that was how they they handled that problem, and it just became such a cool scene. Um, and then that this tunnel leads them to basically like a, a giant window.
0: Yeah, like kind of foggy window. All they, all
1: you can see is smoke, and that's Mm -hmm. another cool scene. Is that when, when you do actually start to see the aliens, it just looks like these long black kind of tendrils coming out of the smoke.
0: Yeah, Lovecraftian.
1: It is. They are pretty Lovecraftian looking beasts, which I of course like because I'm a huge Lovecraft nerd. Yeah. Um.
0: Uh, and they get in there and they kind of put their tendrils on the window. And it releases these ink blot sentences.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're sort of like, they look like a, a, a big hand crossed with like an octopus or mm-hmm. squid, squid or something like that. And, um, they, uh, so yeah, but their, their little tendrils shoot out the ink and they use that to make the logograms. But at first for a while, like they've, they've been, I don't even know how many cycles they've gone through it before they finally, before Louise shows up and they finally, she finally figures out that they have a written language because yeah. they weren't, they weren't, Revealing that mm-hmm. before
0: Yeah the, and we and we forgot to mention That the, this film starts with Louise and her child it's like a flashback
1: Oh um, yeah we should have started her, with
0: that To her Her and her child uh, this daughter And we come to Find that she Died
1: Yeah she died of some rare disease right? And so of course you know the movie starts out Very sad and it, there's this monologue over it Of, of uh, Louise Talking about and you, you start, you get a sense that this movie is going to be about time because she talks about how mm. she she's like, oh, I thought this was the start of the story. And I thought, you know, um, you know, and she's talking about how lo- time is uh, for, for human beings. Time is linear and that kind of thing. And so she's kind of foreshadowing um, because it does become a, a time jumping movie. Right. Because
0: on. they find the she starts to pick up on what the language is trying to say. And there She realizes that they're saying she thinks weapon oh right. yeah
1: yeah jumping ahead a little bit but yeah sure <laughs>
0: well i mean she meets jeremy renner and yeah she
1: meets... he's a he's a physicist and yeah he's like he's talking reading out quote out quotes out of her book in the helicopter on the way to the base where they're studying the the ship and mm-hmm. uh and he's like um reading a quote where she says that language is the foundation of civilization and he's like that's good stuff but no nah, actually science is the foundation of civilization. <laughs> so that's the beginning of their relationship.
0: Right. And um go ahead, go
1: ahead. Oh no, I just uh you, uh yeah, so they the the a, a big hunk of the movie is really about language because she's in there trying to this they they have this monumental task of trying to communicate with these beings that have no understanding or that appear to have no understanding of, of our language and mm-hmm. what that we're trying to ask them. And the big question is why are you here? And they want to get to a point where they can actually ask that question.
0: Yeah. They're on standing on the other side with like a dry erase board and uh, pointing to their body parts and yeah. you know, trying to communicate.
1: Yeah. And in the movie a lot of it centers around these breakthroughs that Louise makes where she's like she is just being very bold and like she takes off her suit and finds out that you know she can breathe the atmosphere inside the ship and all that and Mm -hmm. she starts to show them words on dry erase boards and they find like she writes human on there and they show a logogram that's the first time they show one and then that ends up becoming the key to the whole thing understanding these logograms because their sound they they were on the wrong track to begin with because the the their verbal or the like the sound language or whatever that they use doesn't correlate to to (laughs) to the logograms at all right and so it's this very difficult problem. And so it, it it becomes a very cerebral movie where you're like, and there's a lot of stuff in there. Like you can tell the guy, Oh, by the way, this is based the movies based on a story.
0: Um, oh yeah. What's that called?
1: Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it was called, uh, um, story of your life is the name of the story. Oh, right, right. It was read by, uh, it was written by a guy named Ted Chang, And it, apparently the movie is pretty faithful to the story. I didn't actually read it, but mm. from what I read, um, but there's a lot of like, just stuff about like language theory in there. And like, these little, little like anecdotes about, you know, uh, communication like snafus and history and like how language develops. And she, you know, Jeremy Renner at one point says that she approaches language like a mathematician. Like she has this very out of the box way of thinking about it. Yeah. And, um, and she, she like at one point, like she kind of stuns for us, character. I can't remember the guy's name. doesn't matter. Um, he's like, he's like a Colonel or whatever. He's kind of running the base. Mm-hmm. Um, and, he's just like so he's like she's like analyzing this simple sentence of why are you here and she's like well they have to understand what a question is and they have to understand what you means it might mean just you two or it could be all the alien and so it's very it's a very intellectually stimulating movie and there's even she has a dream about the superior wharf hypothesis (laughs) which which is so nerdy and great um but yeah and and,
0: yeah the more she learns about these languages the more she's having these kind of Mm -hmm. dreams yeah
1: the movie starts to become more intercut with these these visions or or flat we don't know if they're flashbacks or we don't know exactly what they are
0: because what we we, what we basically kind of discover you know as the movie goes on is that the language is a tool it's not a weapon right it's a tool they misinterpreted that and it's a tool to help the human beings evolve
1: yeah it's they they think of it um, they, they're trying to offer a gift. These alien they call them right. heptopods because they have seven legs. Yeah. Um, but they don't really understand how to communicate that to them yet. But mm. they know. And what we find out is like this circular uh, logogram, they developed a circular kind of comp- complex language because of the way that they perceive time. And they don't perceive it in a linear fashion. So they can actually predict future events. And so you find out that they need humanity's help in 3,000 years. One of the aliens explains this to her, um, and that this is why they've they've come because they know that I don't know if they know all the details, but they know that they need to come to Earth and they need these people to understand their language so that they can help them in three thousand years for whatever right. purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you find and and the they know that Louise is special because like they even even after. This is a um, another plot de- detail that one of the soldiers at the base sets a bomb because he's f- afraid. Like his his wife is like calling him on the phone, like terrified, and like he's like, you know, we have to get these guys out of here. Like we yeah. got, you know, and um, he's afraid of these aliens, and so he they he blows up a bomb in the in the inside of the ship and kills one of the heptapods. Yep. Um, but the other heptapod you know, kind of, he, she takes her in by herself and try, and tries to explain to her, like, this is a gift, you know, we need your help in 3000 years. And, um, this is when it kind of like the pace starts, sort of picks up. It's mostly a slow paced movie. Yeah. Um, but what, what she starts to realize is, well, she's seeing all these visions. And so she's like, um, getting kind of like more and more stressed out, but she sees that she sees visions of her daughter, which we find out are actually future visions.
0: Yeah. With that, the child that she's going to have with Jeremy Renner,
1: right? And we thought that this was in the past, so that's why it's kind of it starts it's a to twist. Screw, it's a at this point in h- the movie, yeah, it twist. starts to kind of screw with your mind, right? And um, and and but she, there's this whole plot with the Chinese um, president or whatever general who is preparing to uh, attack the aliens because they all, I guess, they kind of all figured out this message of um offer weapon around the same time Oh yeah yeah um because they uh the aliens like part of the part of the like subtext this movie is the aliens are trying to get everybody all these different groups to work together Mm. and so by not by not just like giving them everything right off the bat they forced everybody to work together so that was like part of their plan um and but what what she realizes is she starts, she starts seeing these visions, these like future visions, because she's getting to a point where she understands their language. Like she, she can, she pretty much completely understands it. Cause she actually talks to one of the aliens. I think it's Costello, the one they named yeah. Stella mm-hmm. um, or maybe Abbott. I'm not sure. But, uh, and this is where she starts to put all the pieces together and she realizes that her daughter is in the future. And, um, and, uh, she starts to have these visions of that Chinese president of of talking to him at like some banquet.
0: Yeah, and he tells her his wife's last words. Yeah, her dying words. Her dying words.
1: And he shows her his personal phone number. He has this weird like golden phone. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Um and so she she grabs the phone of this like this one kind of like schmucky guy that i don't know he's he's like some has something to do with the defense department yeah, or something yeah. he's, a, he's yeah. a, on the base but anyway he grabs, she grabs steals his phone and calls this personal number of this guy that she only knows because she's having like these visions because she understands the language and can it's like rewiring her brain to see time differently and um so she calls him up and tells him the dying words and he changes his mind and decides not to attack the aliens yeah and um so averts disaster
0: yeah it's a it's a heavy movie yeah there's a lot of things going on, and I think that its themes are just well we'll get to that when we kind of go over its categories but yeah, yeah. um yeah do you,
1: yeah i'll have I'll have um, probably some closing comments, but let's go ahead and go through these categories real quick okay. here um so acting <sighs>
0: I mean, I can't fault any. I'm not like the biggest Jeremy Renner fan, um, but he did. It wasn't he wasn't bad, nor was Force Whitaker or anybody else. But I mean, it wasn't like anything. It's not really that kind of movie where the acting kind of shines. Hmm. I think this one's more about the the screenplay shining. Interesting um, perspective. I think Amy Adams is very good in it. I think she plays oh, yeah. the role extremely well. Um, and I give acting an 8.5. 8.5? 8.
1: Okay. Um, I actually give acting a nine just because I was so impressed by Amy Adams' performance. And I think uh, Jeremy Renner and Forrest Whitaker have smaller roles, and there's not really a lot of other major characters in it, but everybody does a good job. And I do think, you know, with, with the material he's given, um, well, with material given, I think Force Whitaker and Jamie Renner both are, are really good, and I think we, Ad, Amy Adams is just stellar. So yeah. that's most of it. But um, I
0: just—I mean—I don't. Their performances didn't really stand out to me. Really, only Amy Adams is, I, I mean she has an advantage because she's enough. the star of the movie. But... I
1: thought about giving it a ten because I love to perform performance so much, But yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's not overall. It's not like the most amazingly acted thing. But yeah, uh-huh. um, she's really good. Okay, so direction.
0: Um, direction, I, I think Denis Villeneuve <laughs> is an amazing director. He directed uh, Sicario. Sicario. Oh, I
1: meant to mention that in the acting segment, actually. Uh, Sicario is a m- more of an ensemble movie, actually. Hmm. So that movie probably would maybe even get a high, even higher score with acting. But um, that's another example of a movie where he he took an actress and gave her free reign to really dig into a role and he did that with Emily Blunt in that movie. Oh okay. And she's incredible. Hmm. I haven't um, seen it. I'll check oh, it out. Okay. Yeah. Sicario, yeah. It's got great performance by Josh Brolin, great performance by Benicio del Toro. Um I like all those people. Fantastic. It's even got the guy from Get Out. I don't remember his name. Which guy? The main guy. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I don't
0: know. I can't remember his name.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, excellent
0: um, I and he also did the new Blade Runner movie, right? Right, which, Wh- is, which I have not seen. It, it's out of this world, phenomenal.
1: Is it really? It's uh-huh. so good. Yeah, I have to watch oh it. Oh my
0: god, it's that guy is such a visionary director, and he he was such a perfect choice to um, kind of take over the helm of good. Blade Runner. Glad to hear that.
1: Um, it, I do like Ryan Gosling. I need to see more of his movies. Actually,
0: Ryan Gosling is yeah. a vastly underrated actor. In a lot of in a lot of respects, yeah, I think people kind of just see him as a a pretty boy. I liked
1: Uh, him a lot in Lars and the Real Girl, which is a more indie-ish movie.
0: Drive, Um, Drive, only got for see Drive. I need to see Drive. We got to do those movies, man. Those are so good, and uh, they're just brutal. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh, (laughs) they're 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 insane.
1: Okay, so what do you insane movies? What do you give uh, Denis Villeneuve for direction in this movie?
0: I give him a nine. I gave him a 9.5. Oh.
1: I, uh, <laughs> I do think it really hinges on his vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously, the original story is important, but the way right. that he brings it to life, it, it's not easy to take like this high-minded intellectual sci-fi story and make it something that looks like yeah. a big-budget sci-fi movie.
0: It's not easy to make a movie about language. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in general like that's that's such a hard topic yeah. but i mean you you have an advantage with cuz it's alien language mm-hmm. but even then it's kind of like
1: it kind of feels like a star trek episode like the yeah. darmok and Jalad episode that, of uh, that's a great Next point Generation. Yeah. yeah it's
0: very it's cold sci-fi it's right. very hard or not cold but like hard sci-fi mm-hmm. um like star trek it's not you know it's not like star wars
1: right which i mean some might hold that against it to some extent might yeah. say it's not entertaining enough
0: that's, i think it's a valid person. i like both flavors of sci-fi
1: i do too i mean i'm a huge i'm a trekkie so
0: yeah i, I like trekkie or i like star trekkie <laughs> you like trekkies and i like star Wars. that's a good thing and uh <laughs> yeah trekkies are cool i mean <laughs> hey it's a good show <laughs>
1: <laughs> so all right uh cinematography
0: ugh. ugh, it's so good
1: i it's good it's
0: beautiful
1: um i think it's a movie that has a few really great shots but the cinematography doesn't stand out to me for a lot of the runtime mm. um because i feel like it's kind of pretty straightforward
0: mostly um, kind of cg and well well not like really there's, C- there's, not mostly cg but it's very dark like a lot of the movie takes place on this ship and it's kind of a drab yeah thing
1: the, the film does have a drab look, which I think they did that intentionally because they wanted it to seem real.
0: Yeah, but those shot that, that yeah. one shot, which I, I'm sure you, you know the, when we first see the ship.
1: Oh, the where you're using the tilt-shift lens and the base itself looks tiny, but the ship looks absolutely
0: it, yeah. Massive. Are you talking about the yeah. helicopter, co- yeah, helicopter yeah. shot? Yeah, oh, yeah, my God. Yes. It's so
1: good. Yes, it, it is. It's
0: such a beautiful shot, and the colors are amazing. The The, the ship just looks like i said before just overwhelming like
1: that's the best use of tilt shift
0: chilling it's a chilling shot photography
1: i've ever seen yeah oh yeah yeah.
0: because it's like this thing is just so weird (laughs) like you know alien spaceships very rarely stray from the norm right yeah um and this one was just just awesome
1: yeah because it it doesn't look like some kind of it doesn't look like something out of Star Trek. It look it's it's a big right. it, it's a big pebble. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. it's very monolithic. Like yeah. two thousand one. It's, mo- it's monolithic. Yes. Good yeah. word. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So, the...
1: <sighs> and then of course, um, I like the, that that shot where they first go in the ship. Um, mm. so it's a sh- yeah. it's a movie of like a couple of really great shots and mostly just okay for the rest yeah. of it.
0: I wonder. I guess I would need to know kind of like how how much is split between special effects and cinematography? You know, how much does the cinematographer really have to do with the special effects that come afterwards? That's a good question. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're not shooting it. Somebody's designing it on a computer. Right. Um,
1: Which, I mean, those are both good examples of good cinematography though, I think, because that's not really, most of that wasn't, it wasn't really post-production stuff. That was like, those are sets that they, well, I mean, I, the ship, the ship is CG obviously, but, not, so that's put in there later, but it still had to be shot in a way that would
0: ma- that would make that fit sure. you know, perfectly. Yeah. But um, I give cinematography a ten. Really? I do. Wow. I just love the um, those shots are just mind blowing. Some of the best, some of the best shots in in film.
1: Okay, I give it eight point one because, like I said. Uh, a lot of it is on the strength of just a few shots, um, but I didn't want to give it a lower rating than that because again, i I would be remiss if I didn't give it credit for for yeah. some of those things. Okay, so music um, it's going to be an interesting category because well, I'll
0: explain but what do you have to say about music, Rob? Great. Um, it's just, you know serves its purpose, I think, you know well written. Yeah, I, I I give it a, uh, I gave the music a nine.
1: Okay, um, I give the music an eight point five. Um, I thought that it was another um, example of like some great moments because that score it's kind of an avant-garde score. Um, I hate to bring up Christopher Nolan and Kubrick again, but yeah. <laughs> their movies both have scores kind of like that, where it's like yeah. there's like one note that's like that just really hits the right. Feeling you know mm. at a certain point, um, and so that I felt that way about a lot of it, and also just the sound in general is very good. That mm. the way that the aliens sound is so cool, yeah, yeah, um, and uh, that kind of stuff. So, but what's interesting is, um, Johan Johansson, the guy who wrote the music, um, he actually does um, his own solo work. Um, he he died this year, mm. um, I believe in like February, yeah. And what happened was he was on some kind of prescription medication, and he uh, did some cocaine, and it uh, reacted with it wrong, I guess. And Man. so it's a very sad. Um,
0: and he did the score of the movie that we're gonna be talking about next.
1: Yeah. Do we want to tease that?
0: Sure. It's uh, we're gonna be talking about Mandy,
1: our first Nick Cage movie,
0: and our first fan pick.
1: Well, not really, but hmm? it's the second Fantastic Planet was Paula's.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. But but we didn't really set it up that way.
1: It's all so good. So it's our second it fan works. pick. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, we just didn't. Yeah. I think officially we decided it was your pick, though, because we alternate these picks a lot.
1: That's true, yeah. But I just, so, yeah, she picked it.
0: Yeah, but this is going to be her. I'm giving her
1: credit. But, yeah, it'll be, uh, yeah,
0: definitely a fan pick. Yeah, Mandy. Mandy. Very, yeah. Interesting film. We'll get to it. But um, do you have anything more to say about cinematography? Uh, so, I uh, yeah, yes, I'm sorry, I've, music. Uh,
1: nope. So there, there's that. Um, screenplay. Screenplay. Uh, very good screenplay. Very yes. good ad- ad- adapted screenplay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, especially like in the middle where you really get into the meat of them trying to learn this language. That's the part that, that impresses me the most. Because yeah. like we said, it's very, um, it really gets you to think about language. And yeah. communication like it's the only movie I'm aware of that does that yeah so it, it definitely gets credit for that um,
0: what about and, the miracle worker
1: and, oh, I haven't seen that about Helen Keller oh well <laughs> I and, suppose that would be and, and Ann Sullivan a very language uh, one that has interesting language themes but I haven't seen a lot like that so yeah I would like to see more so it, this movie kind of has like two really good thing, things going for it. it Has it's like a good drama about you know, a woman and her family basically. And it's a, just a good sci-fi movie. So it's kind of a genre melding film.
0: Mm. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the screenplay is just, I think it's super good. I think it's perfectly paced. We, we kind of get these, it, it just moves along. Um, and the, the twists come at the right time and you kind of, they're not, they're not too, you know, in your face with the themes or everything's very subtle um I think
1: yeah um I do think yeah I do think there's some subtlety um I, I think the way I mean there's a lot of stuff where it's like okay we want you to think about it in this way like that you know we, they want you to um the fact that like the logograms are circular like they're kind of I don't want to say it's heavy-handed but they're like really laying 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 it on thick that the these, these aliens just, you know, perceive
0: time differently and that's why their language is different and it's kind of um yeah, but I, you don't really know that. It's like you didn't realize that when it was first happening, right? When you first saw true. this movie? That's true. Cuz I mean, it's upon different viewings obviously you're going to you're going to know that, but right? I don't I don't think it I think it's a good mystery like
1: yeah, oh, there is a mystery element to it. it kind it first of all time ties you, together. I don't. Yeah, think first time you watch it, definitely. I don't think that's a
0: downfall of the screenplay.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I, like I said, I, I, I really enjoyed the that intellectually stimulating aspect of it. Hmm. But while we're on the screenplay, I, I do have a couple things that I want to ask you about. What? So, <laughs> what do you think about? Um, so, there's this whole thing with uh, when they're when the when the time jumping, it gets more intense. And there's more frequent cuts and she's having these visions and stuff. And you know she's having the vision of the Ch- the Chinese president or whatever mm-hmm. is did you feel like there was a little bit of um, like a Deus ex machina in there? because here's the way I'm thinking about it. like I think I get how okay, she you start off thinking that her daughter daughter's death is in the past. Mm -hmm. And they even apply that they, they, they added another implication by, or they intensify that implication a little bit when she's talking to her mom on the phone she's like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm okay. You know, like she, she just seems depressed basically. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you find out it's like, Oh, none of that has happened yet. And so is it for one, like, is it that some part of her knows that that already happened in the future because, it's going it's definitely going to happen like all this stuff is is inevitable and determined. and also is it that like when I mentioned the day sex machina like is the whole thing with the the Chinese president and knowing her his his uh, wife's dying words like how is it that she ever met him because because when when th- because in the flashback let me just okay. explain a little bit here okay okay so in the flashback this is what trips me up she doesn't know why he comes up and talks to her. She has no idea why he's talking to her. Okay. So this is a thing that apparently happens in the future. How does she not know who the guy is? Do you see what I'm saying? Like it, it it doesn't add up for me. Like somehow she doesn't, she has no idea who this Chinese guy is in the, in the vision, but in the present she knows who he is because they've been, he's, you know, he's been on
0: the news and stuff. I see what you're saying. these, these kind of time-oriented movies have a lot of these ambigu- ambiguities um, in it, their plots. It, it bugged
1: me the first time I saw the movie, and the second time I watched it, I was like, okay, that's that's I'm, I'm pinpointing what's bu- bu- bugging but, me about this timeline.
0: I mean, I would argue that she maybe did know the entire time. Because if time is linear, then this whole movie took place at the same time. Hmm. Or uh, non-linear, I mean yeah yeah um so I, yeah it, there's just a lot of <laughs> <this> is, <laughs> yeah, yeah think I about just, any time I don't know how
1: to, I don't know how to reconcile that aspect of it, but um, how do you feel about um the fact that she because and there's another line that's that's key where she's talking to her daughter and her daughter's only like maybe six or seven or something like that, and asking her why daddy left or something, and uh she says, um. He he said, I made the wrong choice and, or he thinks I made the wrong choice. And what she's talking about is the fact that even though she knew what was going to happen, she was going to have a a baby with, um, that gets
0: that rare disease,
1: Jeremy Renner's character. She knows she's going to die. She still makes the decision to live that life and experience everything with her daughter. By the way, it's kind of cool how in some of these visions that she's having about her daughter, um, she's like getting clues about the language because right. like there's like a stick that she's playing with. that kind of looks like a logogram and mm. there's like a caterpillar yeah, that kind of yeah, looks yeah. like a logogram. So I thought that was neat, but um, I don't know. Uh, so how do you feel about that aspect of it? Like, is it, is it, is it all determined or does she have a choice? Cause I, that line strongly implies to me that she kind of made that, just made that decision because she didn't want to, she thought she decided that she was just going to accept, she didn't want to not have a life where she didn't have her daughter or something right. like that. I right? think
0: it's because like she, she could have made the choice, but she is, even though she this happened in the future and even though she hasn't experienced it yet, and because time is so linear, or non-linear, and because this language has evolved her as a human being in the space-time continuum, <laughs> she, um. Where was I going? She?
1: So does she make... Why does she make the choice? Does she make the choice or... She, what do you think is going on there?
0: I, I think she's a mother in grief. Even though she hasn't experienced her child's death. Mm. So, did she have a choice? I mean, if I think any mother whose child dies like that. That young and um, would make the choice to... Want to be with them again?
1: Oh, that's a good point. Yeah,
0: and I—I I think she could have made the choice, mm-hmm. but I think she would have known, and she would have still felt that grief. She, it would have been as if she left. She's kind of like splitting that kind of. And I she, don't, she yeah.
1: knows he's going to disagree with the choice too. That's what's. That's one of the other things that's so interesting about it. Right. Um. It's almost like she's forcing him into that situation i don't know like i mean maybe i'm taking too negative a look a view of it but um i don't know i just thought that was interesting yeah i mean i agree with you i I think probably she made the decision that any mother would make right um it's just interesting
0: yeah again all these time travel movies (laughs) they got they've got a lot of peculiar peculiar oh god i can't speak peculiar
1: oh i can't can't even say it either you got me
0: you got me (laughs) we're not be... even gonna try
1: uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's contagious Peculiar- peculiarities. peculiarities there you go <laughs> okay where were we okay that was special podcasters. what you... <laughs> uh we're trying uh so Screen... what's your score for screenplay oh nine uh 8.8 8 for me okay yeah. yeah solid maybe a little day six mocking and bug me but
0: <laughs> yeah i mean it is what it is yeah
1: <laughs> so set design and art direction sir
0: i thought it was great again the um art direction with the 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 look of the ships the um the look of the logograms i thought was just awesome um i thought it was all really well done
1: agreed um i give it an 8.2 because it yeah it did have some good aspects to it um nine for me all right so good stuff uh post-production and effects again the ship (laughs) amazing given all the credit to the ship i gave it i only gave it a seven on that because i actually don't think the cg is particularly good and i think in this day and age it could it could have been a little better
0: i thought it looked really good
1: especially when she goes on the ship like by herself it's so obvious that she's cg that that took me out of it
0: i'll have to maybe look at that scene i feel like
1: they could have done that differently you know yeah, I don't know. It just seemed it was just this obvious pure CG, and then the aliens themselves. When you get too up close to them, they're great when they're in the
0: fog. Um, yeah, but yeah, I wish more pe- more filmmakers would go back to practical effects. I that that's
1: something that I've realized more and more over time, and even with like Lord of the Rings, I've always loved Lord of the Rings, like from yeah, uh, right when I first saw them. But I think one of the reasons they look so freaking good and hold up so well is because of all of the incredible models and and like physical like carving and details that right. they put into that movie and, like, and it looks real because it is real
0: yeah and the sets were kind of made to make gandalf look like a giant without yeah. without cg yeah that make was incredible. The hobbits look like dwarves was, you know just yeah. based on perspective it's it's genius filmmaking and it looks good and it'll yeah. always look good we'll
1: have to cover those some cgi
0: <laughs> always dates itself Yes, it's always going to be dated. Just because, like, think about it. Video games, video games that you thought looked amazing when you mm-hmm. were a kid mm-hmm. look like utter garbage. They look terrible now. Yeah, I mean, there's a charm <laughs> to that. I don't think it yeah. necessarily makes the games bad. It doesn't make the games bad at all, but it's just that kind. It's the the price you pay with digital effects. Yeah, and technology.
1: So I gave it. I gave post production an FX Seven. What'd you
0: give it? A ten. <laughs> oh, okay. But I'll have to I'll have to look at that scene again maybe I just didn't really notice well, you know sometimes I mean, we, I'm usually pretty keen I got a pretty keen eye
1: normally we uh we have some effects on each other's opinions sometimes pull pull them both directions yeah, so what do you think about editing
0: um I thought it was great
1: yeah, I thought it was uh I was impressed with the way that the flashbacks and everything was in were intercut um and yeah i don't can't really find any gripes at the editing I gave it a nine point two
0: gave it a nine. Cool. All right. So, uh, real factor,
1: my real factor based on my just general subjective enjoyment of this film is a 9.1.
0: Mine is an 8.5. Okay. Which might surprise you slightly based on (laughs) kind of the very high scores. Right. I think that it does have its issues. Um, but overall, maybe I
1: helped you pinpoint some of the issues a little bit. <laughs> maybe,
0: but um, have you seen it twice? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And it kind of demands a repeat viewing, I think. Yeah, over. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So 8.5, and that would make my real score. That's not the real score. Oh, I'm sorry. My individual score. <laughs> Rob's score. My individual podcaster's score. It's 9.111111 repeating. <laughs> yes. I have a repeating score.
1: Okay. Mine is
0: 8.6. 8.6. All right. So, so what is the real score, Rob? Oh, uh, let me. Uh, well, we've already got it. I'm not going to act like I'm punching in on a calculator or anything. <laughs> it is five 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 Repeating.
1: Eight point eight five repeating. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> well
0: it's eight I would say
1: that uh, those infinite fives are important to convey the nuance right. of exactly
0: how we feel oh, about this film. Yeah. I mean IMDB only gives you one decibel point. What's that about? It's a ripoff. Yeah, absolutely. You get more for your money here at Reel Unreals.
1: Especially since it's free.
0: Get a lot yeah. more. So arrival. I mean IMDb is free too. Eight point eight five repeating. I'm just saying nonsense at this point. All right, uh, you, are you ready to play a game? I'm ready to play a game, Rob. <laughs> play that music. Dirty Rotten Tomatoes. Dirty Rotten Tomatoes. Only on Real Unreals. All right, here we are. Dirty Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, our brand new game. So
1: it was a bit of a collab. Rob had the initial idea, and then I uh, made it
0: better. Yeah, Uh, I disagree. But um, (laughs) we are—we've each come up with three sets, four different films, and of that's twelve. That's twelve films. There
1: were twelve ships in Arrival. I just realized that connection.
0: Oh my god! (laughs) Um, (laughs) and we have to each decide which of the four films in each set is rotten. On dirty rotten tomatoes three of them are fresh which means One it of them gets is rotten
1: the, it gets the green tomato and not the not the red tomato
0: right and um the other there's another point because remember we get points here at real unreals me get let me
1: get out the ledger oh yeah
0: get out the ledger um and we get a, there's another way to get a point is if we determine which of the uh films has the lowest audience score it's not necessarily always the, the rotten um, one, because the rotten and no, our, our is...
1: bonus point is trying to figure out the disparity, which one has the greatest disparity? Um, we discussed this, Rob. What? <laughs> the greatest disparity between critics and audiences.:
0: Oh, that's right. That's right, our right, bonus right, point. right. You see, things change here at the, uh, the fast lanes of real unreals.
1: Oh yeah, we can barely keep up with
0: all our ideas. <sighs> Tell me
1: about it. It's a tough life.
0: All right, so uh, what are what are we at score wise? Our overall scores, Rob. Uh, we are
1: at oh, we're tied at thirty three. Oh,
0: tiebreaker. Yep,
1: it's a tiebreaker episode.
0: Okay. Um. Would you like to start?
1: Sure. So uh, I've got categories here. Rob doesn't, but it's all good. Communication snafu. Okay. So. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> in keeping with the theme. Um, I did a sci-fi category. So these are my four films. Independence Day, The Day the Earth Stood Still, War of the Worlds, uh, the 2005 version with Tom Cruise, and Man of Steel
0: 2013. Which one was rotten? Um, oh, geez. What was the third option?
1: War of the Worlds 2005.
0: hmm I want to say it's that one.
1: Is that your final answer, Rob? It is. That is incorrect. Oh. The rotten one was actually Man of Steel, which surprised me.
0: That was going to be my first choice. Uh. (laughs) Um, Greatest disparity between the critics and the audience. I would say, I'm going to say War of the Worlds again.
1: It is actually, that is correct. I yes. had to just figure it out in my head, but yes, that is correct. <laughs> I forgot to write it down. Yeah,
0: I forgot to write it down <laughs> too.
1: Yes, War of the Worlds had the biggest disparity. The disparity was 33%.
0: All right. What did the audience give yeah, it? Yeah,
1: audience only gave it 42%. Hmm. The critics gave it 75 huh. My My opinion is actually more in the 75 range. I actually thought that was a pretty good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and just to go over these other ones, uh, Independence Day gets 64 from critics and 75 from audiences. Day of the earth should still uh, which came out in, like the 50s I don't remember the exact year uh, 94 from critics 87 from audiences man of steel gets 56 from critics and 75 from audiences
0: we probably shouldn't include all those because we don't have a lot of time
1: all right Rob let's just uh, pick up pace here then
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right um the uh, my my first set for you oh yeah give me my point sir wait did you get a point yep I got the disparity Oh that's right The World of the World Was a bit Okay It just happened Okay um, Your four films All Are night. Live Free Or Die Hard <laughs> Eyes Wide Shut Old Boy The original Not the Awful Spike Lee remake Okay um, And The Mummy The 1999
1: Mummy Oh the Brendan Fraser Mummy
0: Oops, sorry there. Folks, hit my
1: microphone. Okay. Um, Yeah, I liked that movie. I saw it in the theater. Um, Okay, so Old Boy, Mummy. What were the other two? Sorry.
0: Uh, Eyes Wide Shut and Live Free or Die Hard. That's
1: with all the Tom Cruise. All right. Um, Live Free or Die Hard. Um, Man, that's kind of tough. I'm going to have to go with Live Free or Die Hard for the Rotten.
0: That is incorrect. Oh, really? The Rotten film is The Mummy. Oh, seriously? Yep. Come on. Yep. The first one was pretty good. good. Uh, well, I'm not going to tell you what it got yet. Okay. But yes, it is Rotten.
1: Biggest uh, biggest disparity. Wow, it might be The Mummy. Um, Probably not Live Free or Die Hard. Eyes Wide Shut. Um, and what was the other one? Uh,
0: um, old Boy.
1: Oh, okay. Old Boy is probably... Mm. Wow. I am gonna have to go with the mummy for the biggest disparity. I think audiences are gonna give that a higher score. You're
0: correct. Yes, okay. It sweet. is a disparity of seventeen percent. Oh wow, you had, yours are pretty close together. Huh. Audiences um gave it a seventy five, and critics gave it fifty eight. Oh, okay. So that contributed to its rotten score.
1: Alrighty then. That's a pr- fairly high Rotten score, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but, all right. Good stuff. I get a point.
0: Awesome. Well, not awesome, but...
1: We are still tied. Okay. Rob, you are, your next category is comedy. And the films are Step Brothers, Talladega Nights, Wedding Crashers, and The Blues Brothers from 1980.
0: Interesting. I'm gonna have to say Talladega Nights was the rotten film.
1: Talladega Nights was not the rotten film. Mm. Step Brothers was.
0: Ouch.
1: Yeah, I really like that movie. That was.
0: That was also, I need to start going with my first choices.
1: You ah, see? yeah, yeah. I gotta go with your gut sometimes. Um, and I think it's,
0: disparity. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, I guess it would have to be Step Brothers because everybody loves Step Brothers.
1: That is correct. Yes. Um, And it's not that big of a disparity. Step Brothers gets 55 from critics, and audiences are 69. So it is a 14-point difference, but uh, still not a super high-rated movie. Um, Yeah, I would probably give it a higher rating than that, but it's all
0: good. So you got a point. Sweet. All right, so your second set of films are Star Wars... Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Uh, Star Trek, Into Darkness. Okay. Um, signs. Or The Life Aquatic with Steve Zazoo.
1: Okay. Um, those first two. Wow, man, this is tough. <laughs> Which one of these was rotten? Star Wars, Into Darkness, Life Aquatic, and. What was the other one?
0: Uh Signs. Signs.
1: Okay. Um uh, I'm gonna go with Oh jeez. This is tough. Because usually Star Wars movies get a little bit of a higher rating than they probably should. Uh the uh <laughs> let's let's go with um what was the uh the second one? Um signs? Into, into darkness. Let's say oh. that that was rotten.
0: Incorrect. Dang it. The Life Aquatic uh, Steve Zissou.
1: I don't like that movie, but I figured really? it would probably get a decent critic score. It's so
0: good. yeah,
1: It's got some good scenes, but... I love it. Okay, so the the rotten one was Life Aquatic. Interesting. Yep. Okay. um, That one might have enough fanboys to have a big disparity. Um, Into Darkness, Star Wars... Um, sorry, what was the third
0: one again? Signs. Signs, okay.
1: <laughs> I'm going to go with... I think there's probably a fairly big disparity on signs because i think that's one that a lot of people like and critics probably are mediocre on. It.
0: Um that is incorrect. Ugh. Uh the uh signs only had a disparity of 13%. Okay. But life aquatic had uh 20 <laughs> holy crap, 26. It was wow. a disparity of twenty six. What are the scores? Then? Um eighty-two percent for audiences and fifty-six percent for critics. Wow,
1: I, I underestimated uh the the Wes Andersonian nerd's uh <laughs> scores there. All right. Fair enough. I've seen all of his movies, but that's definitely not one of my favorites. It's great. Actually I haven't seen the the Dog Isle of Dogs or whatever. I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah. I want to see it. Yeah. The the Fantastic Mr. Fox was good, so
0: I was gonna go see it in theaters, but it had just like left. Uh, oh okay. Dogs. Fantastic Mr. Fox is well, it's fantastic.
1: It's good, yeah, yeah. My favorite one of his is uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, that's so good. Off topic. All right. Yeah.
0: Anyway, I'm gonna set give you, three. Yeah.
1: So my last set here is an action category set. So
0: I have kind of an action category as well. So we kind of lined up.
1: All right. Cool. So uh, speed from 1994, starring uh, Keanu Reeves, um, The Bourne Identity. Taken and enter the dragon from oh, I forgot to write down the year, I think it was 74. But
0: Bruce Lee, um,
1: speed born identity taken,
0: enter the dragon. I'm gonna say taken,
1: taken was the wrong one, yeah. You are correct, yes, taken, yeah, taken was the wrong one, um, and
0: great movie that's completely ridiculous that it's rotten the sequels maybe
1: yeah i actually i don't know i i enjoyed it when i first saw it in the theater because it was one of those ones where it was just kind of like
0: it's just fun you know
1: sometimes it's fun to watch a good liam neeson kick an ass movie you know
0: yeah um remember uh, that one where you kick wolves asses oh yeah we saw that in the theater together did we yeah, the gray. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's a solid movie. I remember that? Awesome.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I was just stalling a bit there for the uh, oh. to do some math on my disparity. So which, did we which really one, see it together? Which one do you think? No, we really did. <laughs> which one do you think had the biggest disparity?
0: Um, what were the options again?
1: Speed, mm-hmm. the Born Identity, mm-hmm. Taken, Enter the Dragon.
0: Um. I'm going to have to say Taken, because people love Taken.
1: Right again, sir. Yeah. Sweet. I thought that would be a little harder, but yeah. So uh, that one has a disparity of 27%. Wow.
0: I should have picked movies with smaller disparities. Yeah, I was maybe, too maybe, easy maybe next time we don't do the disparity thing. It was too easy. I think I it might be a little too easy. I think lowest audience well, score. Necessarily. might Necessarily, uh-huh. I think
1: I made made them a little easier than they needed to be. We'll,
0: we'll discuss it.
1: <laughs> Whatever. It it was still a tough game. We'll, we didn't we'll, get that many points. We'll out.
0: argue until we, we're on the brink of canceling the show. We
1: didn't get that many points, Rob. All right, so you got two off of that one, right?
0: Yep. Did I, I get any on my second one? Um, I don't think so. No. Okay. Um, don't. You are one pathetic loser.
1: Wah, wah. All right,
0: my third set is also. Like I said, kind of an action-oriented set. Let's do it. We have Spy Kids. Okay. We have Tron Legacy. Tron Legacy, okay. We have Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Ugh. And we have Sharknado.
1: (laughs) Oh, man, you picked ridiculous movies. Okay. The Rotten One. Oh, man. Really? That's hard. Only one of these is rotten? (laughs) (laughs) Believe it or not. (laughs) (laughs) oh good lord okay Uh, sharknado could you just run through them again for me real quick yeah Yeah.
0: Indiana jones kingdom of the nuclear proof refrigerator uh (laughs) yes (laughs) spy kids tron legacy and sharknado
1: okay i'm gonna go with oh man come on critics i hope it's sharknado
0: is that your final answer? That is my final answer. It's incorrect. Gosh, dang it! It's need...
1: Tron Legacy. I didn't go with. Oh, okay. Even if I'd gone, with my God, I got I've been wrong. I'm surprised it's Tron Legacy.
0: I, I, I loved Tron Legacy.
1: I thought it would be Kingdom of the Christmas Skull or Christmas Skull. Um... It should be Kingdom <laughs> of the Crystal Skull. It, yeah, I thought it, it would be that. If anything,
0: but okay. that's. I like Spy. I was a big fan of Spy Kids when I was a kid. I think yeah. it's a great kids movie. Sure. Um, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is just pretty sacrilegious bad, pretty <laughs> At best yeah um but yeah sharknado oh okay we'll get to it but what do you think is the biggest disparity
1: okay um trying to figure this out here so i of saw a little bit because i'm trying if, to if, do if, some math if, if tron legacy um was rotten man i'm trying to decide if i think did people like that movie um, I know Sharknado might be one of those ones where people give it high ratings just to be funny, um, or just because it—it's one of those ones that kind of has like a legendary reputation for yeah, being I mean, like a terrible silly for silly. sci-fi, yeah movie. Yeah. Um, oh gosh, I, everybody hated the Indiana Jones movie. Um, I'm gonna go with Tron Legacy.
0: That is incorrect. Dang it! Um, it's Sharknado. Uh, 50% disparity. Are you kidding me? Not kidding. Uh, It had an audience score of 32% and a critic score of an astounding 82%. (laughs) What is going (laughs) on there? I think critics recognize that it's what it is and it does what it's supposed to do.
1: (laughs) That's astonishing. I've lost all faith in humanity. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Wow. Okay. That, That... my worldview is shattered because I I can't compute what happened there.
0: Okay, I knew that one was going to get you. This episode is done. <laughs> All right, uh, Did you tally up the scores?
1: Oh uh, yeah. Uh, so Rob, how much buy am I in the lead by? You you you're at you're at thirty seven, and I'm at thirty four. So
0: sweet. That means I'm winning. Say say it. Say it into the microphone. Say it for all of these so people this has to been, hear. This
1: has been Real on Reels, ladies Say it. And gentlemen. Say that I'm you winning. You can
0: follow us. Say that I'm winning.
1: On Facebook. Say it. At Real on Reels, of course. And Say it. Twitter at Real on Reels. Um, It's all, it? it's all good, and <laughs> good and convenient like that. Real on Reels official at gmail.com to email us. Um, Say it. We love hearing from. I'm winning. We love hearing from our listeners. You're all, y'all are great. Each and every one of you. We appreciate you. Um, yeah give us film suggestions i mean you've got yeah. you've
0: got the power, and if you need uh name suggestions for future children, Rob is a good great name Jeremiah, I mean, if you have a second kid or something, but um Rob is a winner's name uh, okay. he wins games and thanks, Jer- thanks for listening everybody. Rob is thirty seven points <laughs> Jeremiah this
1: has been real.
0: Thirty-four points.
1: I'm winning. We'll see you next week.
0: I am the champion, my friend. I'll keep on watching movies till the end. All right, I'm done. Turn it off. <laughs>